You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 watts. And our podcast available anytime on demand at WPTF.com or our Facebook at AARP North Carolina. We have a great uh, show for you today, folks. Lisa Regal, my colleague here at AARP North Carolina, returns to the show to talk about the 2023 AARP Community Challenge Grant winners and the exciting projects that they are taking on this year to help make their communities Better Places to Live. I'm your host, Mike Olander, joined as always by our esteemed production engineer, Mr. Jason Kong. Jason, how you doing, buddy? Good. I feel underdressed compared to you. You've you got your nice blazer on. You're looking good, looking you very like sharp. That. Thank you. I appreciate that. This is my favorite blazer, by the way, too. Uh, so you can't go you can't go too wrong when you go to Belk. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you pulled it off well. You found a good one. Thank you. I appreciate it. Off the rack too, which is always really nice to to be able to say that here. It's a special win when you when you pull one off the rack like that. It is, you know, and I feel like I'm kind of uh, seizing the day a little bit. Um, you know, when you you know you get that choice, you know, you start out your day, you're like, okay, you know, there's. Some things you have to deal with throughout the course of the day that you don't want to deal with, and there's other times you have those choices to make, and sometimes picking the right blazer or the right tie can make all the difference, right? Or at exactly. least we convin- can convince ourselves that's the case. You take the wins where you can. Absolutely. So um, speaking of seizing the day, uh, Jason, I don't, do you know the movie Dead Poets Society at all? I know of it. I've never actually seen it. Oh, you've got to see that one. I'm In fact, anyone listening, list. uh, anybody of any age, though the movie does focus on a teacher in a private academy um, with high school students, a very inspiring story. I think it's a timeless message and kind of a time, uh, an ageless audience. Um, just great, great lessons in that. And the great late Robin Williams was was the uh, instructor in this class, the star of the movie. And um, you know, he quotes from poetry, teaches these 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 kids about uh, poetry, and um, quotes a lot from people like. Thoreau and Walt Whitman and seize the day, gather ye rosebuds while ye may. And that's a big, big emphasis of, of the story and what he's, how he's trying to inspire these students is by, you know, getting them to open up their mind and to um, kind of go, go for it in life. You know, don't live by a set, tight set of rules, um, but really try and discover yourself and don't be you know, afraid to take chances out there, you know? And a little funny story here, Jason. When I saw it, I think I was 15 or 16, I had chicken pox. Oh, no. And I was, I was out of school for a few days with it um, and, uh, you know, kind of laid out on the couch in the den. And my dad went over to the library, I remember, where we had a membership and got a couple movies for me. And one was The Godfather, which I think he got more for him than for me. Because <laughs> when you're 15 in 1990, like The Godfather is not what you want to watch, you know? Um, and he got me Dead Poet Society. And I was so moved by that. And I remember that, you know, the heart of that message, seizing the day. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I wondered how does it apply to my life? I was really, really inspired by that movie, especially the ending of it. And then since then, you know, I found different ways of, of doing that, you know. Um, and for me, I guess there's a couple of ways of, of defining it. And, you know, one is to, 
is to kind of claim your your time on this earth. You know, back when I was uh, up at ARP New York, uh, Jason, um, I didn't have to go into the office all the time, but sometimes I, I had to go in extra early. Um, and if I had a drive-in, you know, anyone who knows who knows what the commute is like driving from New Jersey into into Manhattan, um, you literally, if you leave ten minutes too late, you can be sitting in traffic for three hours getting into the city versus leaving on time, and you'll get there within forty-five minutes. So that would mean for me sometimes I got to actually set my alarm at four thirty in the morning. Now, I know our audience, for some people in our audience, getting up at 4.30 was not a big deal for them. But for this guy, that was a problem, right? Having to do that and then commute into the city. So, you know, what I had a, I was, you know, naturally bummed out having to do that, you know, um, which wasn't often. But, you know, this was like, man, I have to get up at 4.30. You know how I dealt with that, Jason? I decided, you know what, I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. instead of 4.30. Because, you know what, now it's my time. Now I can have an extra cup of coffee. I can read a little something. I can start my day on the note that I wanted to by reclaiming that time. And I have to tell you, I don't know if it was intentional at the time or not. It sure seems intentional now looking back on it. But that was a way of seizing the day for me that made such a huge difference, turning a responsibility actually into my own time. Um, and then the other way I thought about, you know, have, having to seize the day is just simply creating moments in life. You know, you we all have an opportunity. Most of us, you know, we start out our, our days, we live our weeks having a list of things that we need to do, you know, whether it's everything from taking care of ourselves to taking care of our families to going to work to going to doctor's appointments, whatever it might be. But finding those opportunities to create moments that you know are going to be worthwhile um, for you and for your family – um, are just, uh, for me, they're, they're just so, so important. You got to meet my kids um, a couple of weeks ago, Jason, when they were here in the studio. And uh, the week before, we had gone down to Charlotte to see Weezer play a concert, which was amazing. And what started out as a little idea, oh, wow, Weezer's on tour. Not only, you know, seize the moment, grab the tickets, had some other friends who were interested in going. Some of his parents went. We all rented an Airbnb made a weekend out of it, went to Carowinds, you know, before the show. And that wound up being probably one of the great memories that I had with my family in, in recent years, you know, and just nobody showed up at the doorstep with the plan. It was just a matter of seizing the day. So um, for those listening uh, here at AARP Without Limits, know that we're not just providing information, but little tidbits, <laughs> little pieces of wisdom where we can offer them uh, here and there. Uh, speaking of seizing opportunity and creating moments and creating impact, um, I'm really delighted to be revisiting the topic of the AARP Community Challenge Grant, uh, where AARP every year creates an opportunity for organizations of all kinds uh, throughout the country to be able to um, get some funding from AARP to uh, do a project in their community that helps make life better for people. And uh, we just announced the the recipients uh, for that grant uh, for this year, for 2023. And to speak about this into some more detail, there is nobody better than ARP North Carolina's own uh, manager for advocacy and livable communities, and that is Lisa Regal. Lisa, thank you so much for being back with us today. Thanks, Mike. Happy to be here. Great. Uh, so, Lisa, um, 
Back several months ago, uh, we had you on the show to talk about the Community Challenge Grant Program. But for those who missed that show or are just unfamiliar with the grant, what is the Community Challenge Grant? Sure. Now, we didn't plan this, but I'm going to pick up on your Seize the Day. Okay. Um, I think that the Community Challenge Grant Program, designed to have quick action projects that can make the communities have long-term livability improvements, is all about seizing the day. How can we make the communities... Um, more supportive so that as you age, you can, you know, seize the day and continue to contribute your expertise and knowledge and make your community better for you and, and those around you. So I think it's all about um, making those quick action changes um, and putting it to pen and pencil. So like, for instance, make improving parks, making transportation safer, improving housing or ways to engage in, in society by civic, more civic um, engagement. Mm. And just, to, and I love the way you tied it into something today. <laughs> I didn't great. plan that. Very creative. Um, that's why you. That's why you make the big bucks working with us here in North Carolina. Um, and just so folks are clear, the way this grant works, every year we offer it, and uh, yeah. organizations put in an application, and you know they they get they get looked at, get a you know get once overed, and um, we we have. Um, awardees every year. It was recently announced uh, by ARP that seven North Carolina organizations would be receiving grants this year. So how much money was that total? And if you could please tell us about these projects. Sure. So I'm going to start with the big picture. This is our seventh year of the Community Challenge Grants. And the whole purpose is to kind of support our work to make our communities better for us as we age. Um, so this year we had each year gets a little bit more money because different funding comes in. So this year there was three point six million dollars and um, three hundred and ten projects nationwide. Here in North Carolina, we got seven ranging from the coast to the central area to the mountains and was over one hundred and nine thousand dollars. So we got um, great projects from all over and they really tie into the work that we're doing here in North Carolina. Great. And so um Starting off with one or two, what are what are some of the yeah. of these seven ones that yeah. are standing out to you? Well, the big ones. So this year we had three different areas of grants. You know, the typical flagship pro- program, but then we also had like smaller program grants that are just kind of capacity building, and then we had these large demonstration projects. So I'll start with that one. We were fortunate to get one of these fifty thousand dollar demonstration projects here in North Carolina for transportation improvement. So in Chapel Hill, you know, you have a lot of people walking and biking, young young students and then older professors and people that have retired and, and very large highways that are hard to cross. So the town applied for some funding to make it easier to cross those bigger Um, boulevards and so we built so they're going to be building pedestrian refuges is what that means is as you're crossing the street whether you're old and in a wheelchair or you know family there's a place to stop midway so you're and it just makes it easier to cross the street so they're going to do that to improve the safety of crossing roads in chapel hill and so that particular project um fifty thousand dollars and this Mm -hmm. is in with these these challenge grants and Mm -hmm. projects these are things that need to be done this year right so this is actually not like oh yeah they'll take care of it someday we're down the road but this is actually taking place this year right so the the projects were just awarded but they have to be completed this year so we're going to actually see this so we can so then people can really understand what this means 
Um, and some of this funding, just I'll mention, is that it's not just a ARP money. We attract funding from Toyota, for instance, so they care about traffic safety. So mm-hmm. they provided some funding to AARP to improve our challenge grant program. And that is part of part of that um, additional funding. That's why we were able to do the Chapel Hill project. Fantastic. Yeah. So when we uh, return from this commercial break, we're going to talk to Lisa Regal a little bit more about not just the Community Challenge Grant, but also other efforts that we're taking part in to help to make the state a bit more age-friendly. This is ARP Without Limits. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is AARP Without Limits. Just a quick reminder, folks, we always love to hear from you. Please send us an email with your suggestions, comments, recommendations for future topics or guests. Send us an email to AARP Without Limits at aarp.org. We've been speaking today with Lisa Regal, who's the manager of advocacy and livable communities for AARP North Carolina, my colleague here. And we've been speaking about the AARP Community Challenge Grant. Seven organizations um, awarded uh, money, funding from AARP this year to uh, help make improvements that really uh, do improve the quality and safety of residents right here in our state. Uh, Lisa, um, we just talked about what's going on in Chapel Hill. Uh, What are some other projects that um, ARP is funding this year here in North Carolina? Can kind of tie to 2023 being the year of the trail. Mm -hmm. The legislature legislature, um, uh, established 2023 as the year of the trail, and we're doing programs across the state to encourage hiking, etc. But fortunately, three of our grants are related to that hiking. Uh, One is in Charlotte. Sustain Charlotte got a grant to create um, like a guidebook to where can you find the trails that are accessible. So if you have trouble with mobility, so where can you find the trails and and really find ones that are appropriate for you in the Charlotte area. Down in the coast near Wilmington in a small town called Leland that is also part of our age-friendly network, they want to connect uh, a trail to a historic um, African-American church. It's called the Gula Geechee Trail, and that we are going to be, um, you know, p- doing some enhancements for educational and tying that uh, trail to the to the church there. And then lastly, I think this is a community that you were involved with way back when, Mike, the, in the town of Matthews. They also mm. joined the Age Friendly Network, and they are doing some murals to encourage more people to uh, walk in their town and enjoy the greenway and the trails there and the sidewalks in that town. So those are some of the projects that kind of relate to Year of the Trail. We also have some projects up in the mountains, like, uh, you know, building an enhancement to a community garden. Um, El Centro is going to be uh, enhancing their programming with exercise and cooking classes and at the same time building more gardens so that uh, the participants can take home um, ethnic um, specific vegetables like tomatoes and peppers and herbs that are used in their their cooking in that area. So it's kind of encouraging civic engagement and community and gets away gets people interacting and mm-hmm. combating social isolation all at the same time. Lots of really good stuff there in a range, you know, uh, just you know of these seven here projects and there are hundreds of them being funded around the country right now, but seven right here in North Carolina for this year. Very different. Even the ones that are associated with the Year of the Trail, each individually, are, are very different, have a different twist and obviously a different community and, and so forth. So, Lisa, no doubt there are people who are um, listening who may be interested 
Uh, maybe they're part of an organization and they're wondering, hey, mm -hmm. for next year, how can we get on this? Uh, can you explain a little bit about, you know, when it comes to next year's grant, what's the process uh, mm -hmm. for applying? When does it, when, you know, what time of the year is it, all that? Right. So you can get the information at AARP um, Community Challenge Grant. You can find all the information. Our grant cycle typically opens in January, so check back early January. And it's a very fast cycle. So you apply in January and you're awarded in, well, we, it closes in March, and then you find out, uh, you know, recent, you know, at the end of May, and, and we announce it in June. So that's a, what's really great about that is so many of the um, grant programs I've worked with, you have to apply and you don't hear for a year or so. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of paperwork. This is a very easy application to fill out. If you're a small nonprofit, you're eligible. So if you're in a community and want to do a community garden or murals or somehow enhance your community, I encourage you to apply. Um, and there's also lots of training. We have a video to explain how to apply. So we really try to make it easy because we really want the grassroots, the people in the community that see a need, that want to make a, a change to be eligible to take advantage of this funding. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, folks, if you can't find what you are looking for online, you know, just reach out to us here at the show. Again, send us an email to AARP without limits at AARP.org. And we will send you in the right direction, answer any questions that you might have about the grant or the process or the timeline or what have you. And again, one of the really great things about this grant project is that, you know, the, these are projects that need to take place during that year. And so these aren't things that just kind of get put on the back burner and forgotten about. And, hey, whatever happened to that money? There's a timeline for this, um, and then they mm -hmm. report back in at the end of the year to let us mm -hmm. know. And, of course, we love celebrating, um, right. you know, all the great work that's been going on, um, you know, with, with support uh, from these grants. Now, Lisa, the last time we had you on the show, uh, we were talking about the executive order that the governor had just signed, which was directing state agencies to work towards making North Carolina age-friendly. So for our new listeners – what does that mean? What did that? What was that executive order about? So in May, the governor signed an executive order joining, um, well, directing his agencies to work together to better prepare for our aging population. So a lot of these things we've talked about: how do you make sure that housing is appropriate? You know, one-level housing, transportation. You know, making sure you can cross the street, maybe even autonomous vehicles, so you can shuttle when you're no longer able to drive. So it's about preparing your community to better support the aging population. But in the executive order, it goes beyond that, too. It's things like, we already know we have a health care crisis. We don't have enough direct care workers, the people that take care of you as you age. So it's also directing agencies to look at those looming issues, like what are we going to do to enhance that workforce? How are we going to make sure people are prepared for retirement financially? So it's looking at how do we help people save for retirement? How do we make sure that they can stay in the workforce went for as long as they want to to continue to work and so not only so that they can so save money for themselves but also that they can contribute can continue to contribute mm -hmm. uh, you know we have a workforce shortage so it's sort of a win-win you know as we we know we're changing so we know we need to do things differently and that executive order is recognition of this it's not the same old same old and the great thing is is he also invited the legislators to be there and so some it was a bipartisan an event we had representatives um, Lambeth and Setzer that are um, on the Republican side and Senator Applewhite, Democrat, they were all at the signing too. So we know that this will take all 
you know, everybody p- chipping in and working together. And we, it's not just a governor action. We want to have stakeholders involved in this, mm. too. Yeah, because, you know, age is not uh, partisan or party specific no. as it is. And, and these challenges that the state is facing as it becomes more demographically older, uh, the percentage of of, pop- of the population being older, um, it's going to affect everybody and, and communities. It's going to affect state government. And, you know, how do they get the resources out? Um, now, you are, as part of this, you're part of the steering committee for All Ages, All Stages, NC, which is the mm-hmm. name of this this campaign. So how is the process of, um, uh, of this going so far since the executive order was signed? Yes. Yeah, so fortunately, we've did a lot of foundational work to get to this point. And we have, as as you said, Mike, we already have the different domains, the logo, the framework. Now what we wanted to do is bring in all the expertise of North Carolina because we know it's not just state government that's going to solve this. So we want you, if you're an expert in housing or transportation or health care or financial investing, please, um, there's a way you can get involved. If you go to, if you just Google NCDHHS, that's Department of Health and Human Services, MPA. I use just MPA in that work, but that's our multi-sectoral plan. Um, So if you Google that, you'll come to a website that will explain this whole initiative and even have a link for you to sign up to be part of this, um, of the stakeholder group that will be contributing information to this planning. And we want it to be not just government. We want it to be the private sector, those, uh, that innovation from the nonprofit groups, too. So we want everybody, if you have expertise, to contribute whatever time you can and sign up. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that opportunity for people because it's so important for, for, for folks to understand that this is about you helping make your community better, making it more livable for people of all ages and abilities because this demographic wave, we got nothing, nothing we can do about it. We're halfway, we're right in the middle of it right now. It's going to continue for the end of the decade. And communities need to be prepared or else the challenges of access to services and walkability and mobility and, and all that comes with living in a population with a greater percentage of people are older are only going to be more exacerbated and more obvious. So the more, you know, help to help us uh, and help the state determine how you want your community to, uh, to look. So Lisa, thanks so much. Such great information. I look forward to having you back on the show. Well, folks, that is a wrap. I want to thank Lisa Regal from AARP once again for being our guest. Thank you to Jason Kong for production. Thank you for listening. This has been AARP Without Limits. I'm Mike Olander, signing off.